everybody listen to We're Not Wizards. Because we are the best. And we're not wizards. No matter what anybody says. Goodbye. to another episode of We're Not Wizards. My name's Richard. I'll be your host for July. Um, now, joining me today, um, they're kind of in, I don't know what to say, they're kind of in some kind of, they're sitting around the table, they're deciding what to do next. They don't know if they're going to go out the door, they don't know if they're going to stay. They're just deciding which direction, if they're going to go up, if they're going to go left, if they're going to go right, if they're going to go down, if they're going to go south. It's almost like they're going on an adventure. It's almost like they're deciding what tactics they're going to bring to the table. So um, I've been speaking to one 50% of these two people because for some reason two people decided to come on the show and chat to me. But I have got... Nick Yu, I have got uh, Dan Lettering from Letterman Games. They're here to talk about adventure tactics and the second part of the game, which I can't pronounce, <laughs> Domian. Domian's Tower. <laughs> Domian's Tower. We'll edit that in so it sounds perfect, but I don't edit, so we're, we're stuffed. Sorry. But, um, <laughs> I'll do it live. Hello, ge- <laughs> hello, gentlemen. How are you? How are you both doing? Are you well? Good. Thanks. Yeah. Thank you for having us. Yeah, I'm doing great. Uh, we're so excited to be on. So thanks for taking the time to speak to us. I I'm just I'm just excited because we've been having um, myself and Dan have been having kind of conversations on and off for a while. Um, I've kind of brushed gently with Dan regarding kind of Carla Cop in connection with Galactic Raptor Games. We then shared some messages when we spe- eventually spoke to Cassie. And now I have you here, Dan. And I can't give you my full attention because that would be rude to Nick. That's okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> if, you just, if you just want to sit to the yeah. side, just give us five minutes. But um, the... <laughs> he's going to end up be playing it on the side anyways, like that. It's like, I want to see those fingers. No, I'm going to be I'm, all the I'm time. 100% invested in this interview. So. I want to see the hands all the time. Like. <laughs> hands up. Um, first of all, as I say, thanks, thanks very, very much for coming on. Um, as I say, I've uh, people will know a lot of the things that Dan has been doing through kind of Letterman Games over the last couple of years. What about you, Nick? Um, in terms of the design side of things. Have you been designing games for some time? Is you know you had a couple of rodeos under your belt now? Yeah, I mean? yeah. I've been designing for about five six years. Uh, my first mm-hmm. couple of games came out uh, 2013 2015. Uh, as Dan mm-hmm. said, you know, internet years that's forever ago. That's that's actually the ice <laughs> age, right? Um, and mm-hmm. I and I took a few a uh, couple of years off. The last couple of years off because of kids. But uh, I've always still had the passion for game design, and it wasn't until Dan kind of prodded me into. Like we've known each other forever uh, since we basically mm-hmm. started, and we're both local in the same town. 
But he kind of was like, hey, we should finally work on a game together. I'm like, yeah, you're right, we should. And uh, we were talking about our favorite video games and Final Fantasy Tactics topped both of our lists. So we decided to make a game based on that. Do you get together quite regularly to actually have kind of game sessions then? I was going to say, there's times where my my wife definitely mentions like how often I see Dan. She's like, you see Dan a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We've slowed down now because we've actually both been not only busy with tactics with stuff we're just doing on our own with it, but um, personally Mm -hmm. we've had a lot going on. It's the summer. Kids are out of school and um, yeah. that nature. But I mean, when when during our busy season, we were seeing each other at least once a week. But some weeks it was three to four nights a week. Yeah, there was, and, one, there was, there was one week. Wow. There was one week where it was five times five times in a week. <laughs> yeah. But we got we're getting ready for a really big game, yeah. so we had to do a lot of you know work and preparation. But on top mm. of that, I mean, our kids are right around the same age, so we get together. Not every time we get together is game stuff it's we'll do family stuff nick has us over for barbecues we'll meet at the, the local children's museum um yep. mm-hmm. so, but yeah we see each other i mean weekly is regular <laughs> and us not seeing each other weekly right now is actually weird yeah that's actually abnormal. <laughs> it's not to see each other <laughs> i'm just wondering how you're gonna if you're gonna go through like a, a slight kind of cold turkey kind of bit when you aren't kind of seeing each other or are you just gonna kind of have to slow down over kind of like a long period of time. I mean, we'll probably slow kind down of, because we've been so busy. We need to focus yeah. back on our lives. But at the same time, like we were always friends, but I think this also catapulted us into being even closer friends that, I mean, we're going to continue hanging out. Our kids are going to continue to hang out. Mm-hmm. We're going to do family get togethers and we're going to still play games as often as we can. So I don't see that mm-hmm. stopping or really slowing that much. Yeah, sir. <laughs> <laughs> How long was it before you were hanging about the, the kind of the elephant in the room kind of says, oh, why aren't we talking about this game that we should be making together, Nick? I mean, how long, I mean, who brought it up between the two of you to say, well, are we just going to sit around kind of looking at these bits of paper in front of us or are we actually going to do it, something with this idea? It actually didn't take that long. Uh, because as soon as Dan brought it up, uh, that weekend I had a 20-page design document uh, all the classes and everything designed so um we, we i mean we went like guns blazing so i don't feel like we we, we did we, we didn't really sit on it i mean we've been working on it for the last couple of years but i mean it's always been forward progress when he sent me that first design doc i was it wasn't a bare bones thing i was like oh, it's all here <laughs> this is ridiculous it was amazing how much he had already put together and it was it was really really amazing how how quickly the the bones of the game came together in that you know mm-hmm. what direction we wanted to go with and nick had like a really good plan for the leveling up and the encounters really quickly and it was a matter of refining it but like i mean the base concepts of the game were there within a very short time he 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 put a lot of work in it at the very beginning and came up with some great stuff yeah i'm not sure i slept that were, you, <laughs> <laughs> were you almost at the stage nick where you're like saying well um um, I, I see you forgot the full stop at the end of this sentence, so this is my contribution <laughs> so far. Was it kind of, do you kind of like, yeah, I can definitely contribute to this. I'm not entirely sure where at the moment, but I definitely know what I can kind of yeah. kind of contribute well, to Well, I this. think that's where it, it helps that Dan and I know each other really well. We know our hmm. respective strengths and weaknesses. Uh, so I, I think we, can, we always feel like we can each contribute uh, to the project and always keep it moving forward. And, and, you know, we're really good about communicating, too. Like, if there's ever any hiccups or issues, like, mm. we just lay it out there. And we, we, what? 
So yeah, I mean, there have been hiccups, but we've talked we've talked through them, which has been really right. nice. Well, like, that's the important thing, right? Yeah, like we reach out, we communicate about things, and we're like, this needs to be done, or or something's going wrong here, or something, and and we we address it head on, and boom, we're done, and we move on from it, and we keep charging forward, and I think that's the important thing. Does it is it easier for you to challenge each other then, Dan? when something does come up because you're quite close, are you kind of less precious about thinking, well, look, I can just come out and say, look, this tack, you know, this mechanic isn't entirely doing it for me. If say like, you know, Nick's really, really kind of, he's really, really focused. He's really invested in a particular mechanic. It's with your friendship. Does it make it easier for you to say, look, we got to, we got to chuck this to one side because it isn't working. You know, we were pretty straight up about, you know, I'm good about, okay, I don't like this and this is why, and I explain it. And mm. Nick's pretty easy going about, like, if he doesn't like that, he's like, okay, well, let's find a workaround anyway. Like, we just, we we easily, I think, worked through anything that came up and that we just went back and forth with it till we were both pretty happy with where it went. And yes. so, I mean, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm very straightforward of, yeah, that doesn't work or we need to fix that, you know. Yeah, and, and there have been times where we did butt heads, but I, you know, I, we we came to a compromise, and it helps that Dan's a very good communicator, uh, like that. Mm-hmm. For me, you know, sometimes I'm path of least resistance. I'm like, whatever, I just won't mention it. <laughs> but, you know, yeah. but there also have been a couple of times because I do know Dan. I know we have a good working relationship where he said something. Mm-hmm. You know, I kind of put my foot down, and then we went back and forth, and you know, we we worked it out. Uh, but but what you talk about, that's a real issue uh, when you're play testing with friends. Because a lot of times they don't want to say anything negative or they're afraid to form a strong opinion either way. So uh, it's yeah. good that, you know, Dan and I have, have, a, you know, really open communication in that regard. Yeah. I've seen, I've seen a lot of games that um, when you're discussing kind of play testing with somebody and they say, well, I, I play tested with a local group. I play tested with friends and family. And then there's like a glaring mistake in the mechanics. And it turns out that all they were getting all the time was kind of like really, really positive feedback. And sometimes I think you need your cheerleaders, but there's a difference between your cheerleaders and you having your coach and your coach is there to actually improve your game and make you play better. I don't know why we're going with a sports analogy. We're like three, we're like three nerdy guys, like sitting around kind of like talking. I'm I'm a sports guy too though. So it's okay. So there you go. You know, we can do this. We can do this, you know, but um, yeah, I, you know. So well, that's that's kind of that's kind of pretty good. How many um, iterations of the game have you gone through? Was the design document kind of pretty complete, Nick? Or, Nick sent me you know, a word doc list once with all of his different versions of the rules doc as we were going through, and this was halfway through, and there was something like they weren't all major iterations, but there was twenty something. Mm-hmm iterations in those remember that do you remember that Nick? Yeah, I still have that uh i'm counting i'm actually counting it right now he's counting it there's there, i mean there's so many uh 70, <laughs> 72 iterations the first draft that i yeah. saved that was worth saving was october of uh, 2017 so we're coming up on a year and a half now so uh, no, i mean no, no, some, no. some things changed a lot um but some things didn't change at all like as dan mentioned the actual class mechanics mm. the leveling up and a lot of the initial class design that's pretty much intact from the very first draft, but yeah, the way it's worked and some of those other uh, things, those those have been changed significantly. 
I feel like, although I nudged Nick, like I brought it up to him, I feel like he's been kind of thinking about this class leveling up system for a very yeah. long time. <laughs> he was like, yes, someone finally told me I can do this and I'm going to go do it. And like, I mean, he definitely has been sitting on this one because I, I mean, it was, like I said, it was really well thought out. It wasn't just like he slapped something together. He, it was really well thought out. It was very complete. And the leveling up system has re- remained relatively unchanged since. I mean, there were changes, mm-hmm. but it's mostly the same. For people who um, who are looking at the game for the first time, right? They stumbled upon it on Kickstarter. It's fully funded and it's going really, really well. This is me projecting into the future. I'd like to say, gentlemen, um, advent. What would you say? You know, okay. I'd like both of your opinions on this, right, Dan? What would you say is the key draw to like adventure tactics? from your from your point of view for me i've been saying this all a lot because you know we do a lot of different things that you know um are kind of expanding on these types of games but the leveling up system is the freshest and even with posts we've been asking people what they like the most about this and they've been pointing out the leveling up system it's just completely free form and so there's a lot of cards in the game and that's to give all the players any options they want. You start as a level one fighter, you advance through fighter, or you can go level one wizard or cleric or rogue. But then if you go level one wizard, you can go level two fighter again, or level two wizard or one rogue one. You can just go in any direction you want to get the type of cards you want. You get new passive abilities. You can slot different passive abilities each fight based on your collection of them you have. You know, you can only have Mm -hmm. up to three, but you may have seven or eight. So you pick which ones you want in each fight. Um, And it's all based on how you leveled up, which ones you've gotten. And as you multi-class, you unlock, or you can, within your class as well, go up to five levels within your class or unlock uh, other elite classes. And you just go in any direction you want. And even after you become elite, you can go back and go level one archer if you hadn't done that yet. And so it's just so freeform that you have every every player has so much agency in how they build their character in such mm-hmm. a big way that that's never been breached before in a game like this. And I think that's the biggest draw for me. Uh, and next, next nodding away there. So is yeah, that, I mean, I mean, what would you to- total capo? But that's my answer too. Is the the job class system? <laughs> uh, <laughs> because right, I mean, yeah, I know, I know. Look of exasperation. Um, but uh, you know, a lot of games have done tactical battling. Like we've seen that well represented in a lot of other games. But no, no Man. game that I've seen has really tackled like a crazy job system like Final Fantasy Tactics, where you have twenty classes and you can. You know, go yeah. back and forth, up and down through all these different trees, and get you know, gather your favorite abilities and build the character that you want to build. Uh, you know, all these other games, you're either that one character, or it, like a uh, Gloomhaven, which I love and is a great game. But you kind of unlock that character. You don't even know what that character does necessarily when you, when you switch over to it. And then, yeah. uh, I mean, that's not class the class building that I wanted to see. I'm reminded a little bit of Final Fantasy fourteen. I mm-hmm. have some very good friends that play Final Fantasy fourteen, And what they're doing is they're going through, they go from building up their main character to building up their levels to grinding through to kind of get extra skills and experience and stuff like that. And by looking at even the illustrations that you gave on the Kickstarter video, it's, it is, I've, yeah, because normally when you start off with a character in most kind of either, unless it's a role-playing game, even in a role-playing game, you're kind of decided on the certain characteristics that you can have. And what interested me about um, Adventure Tactics was you're basically given like a blank board in front of you 
and then you picked your kind of your your main character, and then there was seemed to be all these gaps around the card, the character sheet to put all these extra cards, which I'm guessing were your skill cards and your level cards, and I've not kind of seen that that was interested to me. Usually, you're given like a preformed player, and then what happens is, as you play the game, you get kind of extra skills and stuff like that. But this seemed to be a case that you were. It was actually concentrating on the character build up instead of having generic the bar- barbarian, generic wizard. It looked like you were kind of able to almost have an a la carte menu of how you were building your character. Was that was that kind of the main aim then? Absolutely. Yeah, we, we wanted to have, you know, as Dan mentioned, the free form uh, class building and exploration. So, and I love deck building too. So the idea of, mm-hmm. you know, the classes that you decide to level up in that is determines how you build your deck. Uh, you know, that really mm-hmm. spoke to me as a concept too. Yeah. And just like okay. you said, having, you know, you were mentioning how, you know, you don't just have this generic barbarian you are. And just using kind of that as an example in this game, if you wanted to get to a barbarian, there's literally hundreds of ways you could end up there. And so you could just mm-hmm. go fighter one, fighter two, barbarian one. You could go fighter one through five, barbarian. You could go fighter one, fighter two, archer one, wizard one, rogue one, then barbarian. And so you could play the game multiple times, end up as a barbarian, but have gone through the classes in such a different way. Do you want to start as a barbarian earlier? Have all these other different you know, abilities you've gone through before you become a barbarian? And so by the time you get there, you'll have some of the barbarian cards, but the other assets of your character, the passive abilities, the constructs of your deck that you're using for your action cards are going to be completely different. And so I think that, that you could be a barbarian twice, but be a completely different character is mm-hmm. really, really interesting for me. That's, that's right. the exciting part. You could be a different flavor of barbarian, right? The first time yeah. you could be fighter, be, barbarian yeah. to be kind of tanky, melee, or you could then uh, do a couple levels of fighter, splash into wizard for three levels before into barbarian, and now you have some fireballs and teleport and the other wizard stuff. Or you could go cleric and have some heals. So yeah, I mean, there's as you said, there's multiple different ways you could be a barbarian. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Are, it, are you able to dip in and out of this? Because I'll tell you what my, my, you mentioned Gloomhaven, yeah? Mm-hmm. And my issue with Gloomhaven isn't Gloomhaven, my issue with Gloomhaven is having to play Gloomhaven for seven or eight sessions, <laughs> and it's really, really difficult to get people committed to that seven, you know, to that seven or eight sessions kind of thing. Which is, while I would love to have Gloomhaven, I would even love to play Pandemic Legacy. I would love to play, sit down and have a, a fantastic game of Dungeons and Dragons or Kingdom Death Monster. I know I'm going to have one or two games. And then I'm going to come back to him maybe three or four months' time and have another couple of games again, yeah? So, yeah, so the question was, is this going to be a campaign-based game or are we looking at kind of like a mission-based game where what I can do is I can jump into it for like a month, jump out of it, come back like three, four months later and then go in to do another mission with the same character or a different character? Yep, so... um. I kind of have a two-pronged answer to this. First of all, in relation to your other concerns where, you know, long play test sessions with mm. a lot of that, what we wanted to do was make the encounters in this shorter. So, you know, you play to center Gloomhaven and you're playing three or four hours for a single encounter. Mm-hmm. Um, this one, they're about 45 minutes per encounter. Some are up to 60. Some, like the intro one, is going to be about 30. Mm-hmm. But in a three-hour, four-hour night, you can get through about three encounters with leveling up. Um, so... Um, with those longer nights, you can get through some of the campaign, 
but where it's a choose your own adventure style guide, you're not going to see every encounter in a single, you know, playthrough mm -hmm. of the campaign. Um, you will be able to pause it and pick up at the next encounter, but you, it's going to be with the characters you've been leveling up. Um, so it's going to be, you know, campaign based where you're continuing through and leveling up through. Nick is working on some kind of one shot type mm -hmm. um, fights where you, you know, it's going to work out to be you level up your character to this point, build this fight, this is how the fight's going to progress, and then you can do like kind of one time one shots. Um, okay. So we tried to keep it shorter so you, you'd be encouraged to do a full playthrough so that you do it again. We want people to explore different characters. We want people to choose different paths in the campaign guide. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, and we didn't think it was realistic that having three or four hour fights ten times would then cause you to play it again. Because, like you said, there's so many games that come out, so many legacy games, so many campaigns you're involved in. Yeah. That that long, it's just not fair to ask of people to, to do um, so we want it shorter so that they're still encouraged to play through multiple times, but they just won't have to invest as much time necessarily to do it. And a 45 minute to an hour night is great because you can do one or two fights and, you know, say, okay, that was a nice quick night and we're going to call right. it a day. And, you know, and Descent, if you allocate two, three hours to one scenario, you could conceivably play two or three uh, yeah. scenarios of adventure tactics in that same amount of time. Which is attractive to me because usually if I go to like a games night, then I'll be mucking about for 45 minutes and then somebody will say oh aren't we here to play a game and then we'll get two or three hours and there's been a lot of occasions where um it's what i call you never find out who the winner was because you always <laughs> gives out the scoop because yeah. you always end up you know if it's got nine rounds you always finish on round seven if it's got 10 rounds you always finish on round eight and you never find out who's got the kind of the, the kind of the likes on the points and even when i maybe played descent the first levels in the campaign were almost introductory. And when you're you into like mission nine and 10 and stuff like that, you're looking at huge numbers of hours to get through the game to almost the point where it kind of comes, becomes the grind. Are you looking to avoid kind of big lengthy sessions then, big grinding sessions where just the enemies become more powerful and you're just having a role more dice or play different cards to get over and you're not actually there's a difference between difficulty in terms of just making the bad guys more powerful and difficulty by actually having to make you think cleverly in order to defeat your enemies instead yeah uh, from the design perspective one thing I, I definitely wanted to avoid was just making a hit point sponge right mm -hmm. um where you, the only thing you're not scaling anything else the only thing you're scaling up is enemy hit points and how much damage they do right uh, mm -hmm. And especially, you know, the you get the hit point, hit point sponge uh, that can lead to a really long dragging encounter. So we, I mean, we we circumvented that I think a, a couple of different ways. Uh, number one, you know, uh, everything is AI driven, and the monsters have got a lot of you know advanced techniques, which mm -hmm. would, will cause the players to to, to have to respond tactically. Um, so you, you, the uh, healing too. Uh, most of the healing cards are removed from the scenario after you play them once. So you don't get, mm -hmm. basically it's a cooldown from the encounter. You don't get them back until the next fight. So you oh, can't right. just keep heal cycling. Um, mm -hmm. So you can't sustain, uh, because there's some fights in some other games where you know you're going to win. It's going to take you a while, but yeah. uh, you're eventually going to win. 
uh, but we don't have that in Adventure Tactics. Uh, you have also a kind of a, your party life, that's their resurrection potions. Nice. Uh, so par- people can pop back up after they get knocked down, uh, normal character healing or resurrection potions. But if all the resurrection potions, revive potions are used and one more character gets KO'd, then that's considered a failure. So uh, you have all multiple right. ways to advance through. So the, the campaign still moves forward even when you fail. You just uh, mm-hmm. you won't get as much use. And uh, that'll sometimes pigeonhole the, the direction you have to go in terms of how the campaign progresses. Yep. And like Nick said too, yes, yeah, so there are multiple ways to end the scenario. So there's winning, failing, mm-hmm and winning with bonus. And so, for instance, the first fight, there's a boss and he has minions. So he has four um, minions surrounding him. And as soon as you beat the boss, the fight ends. But if you've defeated all the minions and him, then you get the bonus objective, which gives you more you know, actions, more abilities, uh, mm-hmm. different options in the campaign branching. Um, and so it's always better to get with the bonus. But like you said, I mean, if you don't want to grind through the night or if like, you know, the fight's dragging on and it, it, it really does get you to respond tactically because you may say, we're going to go for this bonus. And mm-hmm. then as you're doing it, you're starting to get closer and closer to your team getting knocked out. You may just say, we have to turn around and just go for the boss and take him out. And so mm-hmm. there are things that do affect the length of the campaign based on your decision or, you know, the length of a fight. But then you could kind of just turn around and go back to the regular objective. And so you're going to be responding to that as the fight goes on, which is pretty neat as well. And that's going to affect how the fight goes, how you play within it and what you're doing. With you having um, the decks and the characters, is there an option for you to add on expansions as time goes on? I mean, are you, I mean, one of the things with them, and again, I go back to final fantasy 14 and even Mm -hmm. final fantasy tactics and stuff like that is you can have a, a roster of so many characters coming in that have different skills and different abilities. So was that was that one of the reasons that you built the kind of the framework that you did so that, you know, 2020 there could be the first adventure tactics expansion, which people could pick up, you know, and then obviously, because this seems to be, I see this seem to be the way the Kickstarter seems to be going. That you get a lot of successful campaigns that they're releasing an expansion but they're also given the chance for people to kind of buy the the original core box again. Mm-hmm. I think Role Player, or, I think, or, or Dice Throne are doing it just now. Um, you've got the option to buy the latest version, but you've also got the option to buy all the legacy stuff as well. So with it, you know, with Adventure Tactics, is that the idea that you will be able to buy kind of expansion decks for the game as time goes on? Next nod in his head. Yeah, well, I mean, I hope you're speaking into existence. So that, that's why I'm nodding, number one. Uh, I yeah. would love for it to be that successful that we can, you know, just launch into an expansion. But the mm. way the class system is designed, it is so wide open, right? It, there's absolutely a ton of design space that we can mm-hmm. play around with and add classes. Um, and we even talked about that. And so we have, uh, and Dan, I'll let Dan take over too, but talk about the, the hero pack, the class pack. Yeah, uh, yeah. so when thinking about this, there are so many different ways to go with expansion, and we've talked about this, right? So we could just add more classes, right? You just mm-hmm. want more variety with what you can level up through. So we're adding a hero pack that adds three additional classes, and we may have a couple others saved as stretch goals because each character class we add adds 40 cards or so. You know, some add 10 or yeah. 15 cards, you know? So it's not just like, oh, we add one character, it's one card or something. It's we're adding decks of cards with every character, yeah. right? Um so we have more characters on the horizon, but then we can add, like you said, something like one shots where it's single fights that you could do like in store demo type things, or, you know, you want to do some sort of promotional lights for the game. You can add 
single one-shot fights. You could add small expansions. That's like a three-fight campaign, four-fight campaign. Or you mm -hmm. could add a full-on 10 to 12-fight campaign as a second progression. And do you start at the beginning with level one again, or do you start at level five or level 10? There's so many ways to go with it, right? And there's a lot of options to do for them. So, so we have ideas, but um, you know, we need to gauge the community and what people are responding to this game, what kind of content they'd like um, mm -hmm. to see for it. But really, there are a lot of ways to go, and that's why we titled it Adventure Tactics Domian's Tower. You know, you're right. on, you, you brought that up <laughs> at the beginning. But the point was we wanted it to be like, okay, well, we could have a second completely different campaign that's Adventure Tactics Journeying West. Or, you know, that's a terrible name, but you know what I mean? There's a second campaign that is completely separate from this, or maybe story-wise it's related. Um, we don't know, but but we wanted to be able to, to add more. Mm -hmm. But again, we can add more classes, we could have more fights, we could have more bosses, we could have more minis. I mean, there's so many different ways to go with it. <laughs> right. that, there's, on, that there's a lot of expandability with it. On the minis question, did you feel pressure to add minis in? Because you have, and don't get me wrong, it's, it looks like you've got a mixture of minis and standees for the game. So was there the kind of the usual kind of Kickstarter pressure to add in kind of minis to get the kind of the plastic addicts kind of pricking their little ears up and going oh minis kind of thing was there so, a little bit of pressure there to add yeah, minis into the game i think nick and i were in for minis mm -hmm. from the beginning just because we wanted i mean the feel of the characters as minis is beautiful i mean mm -hmm. they really have presence on the board mm -hmm. and it really feels nice and we were actually just for our own personal tastes ready for minis for the bad guys as well at the beginning. When we initially planned it, that's what we were thinking. Mm -hmm. But a lot of the bad guys you only see once in a campaign. Mm -hmm. um, it was huge startup cost because we're talking 40-something different bad guys yeah. with minions and everything. And there were a lot of different molds, a lot of different minis. To only see once really felt wasteful product-wise and wasteful cost-wise to us. Yeah, that's actually yeah. 40 unique. So 40 unique. Yeah, if you added yeah, in like yeah. the actual, it would be like 80... Minis. minis for yeah. just for the enemies uh and, and we, i think we, we we talked about we wanted to keep this game under a hundred dollars and yeah. there's no way you could keep the game under a hundred dollars and include minis for everything yeah yeah, yeah. but we, it was really important to us and at first we were hesitant but then we realized like gloomhaven does it really well and they have the heroes minis and the, the cutouts for the bad guys and it just made a lot of sense and it was, it was really well done and we were like this would be great for our game here that we're trying to do so we decided to to do that and again you know, further down the line, if you're doing expansions, then it's easier to be, for you to put standees into a box, into a smaller expansion mm -hmm. box, and have a much smaller kind of case. I mean, one of the things that is starting to come up a little bit more is kind of the environmental side of things, which if you think about, you know, um, you know, more power to like, you know, ether fields and awakened realms, but there's a lot of plastic <laughs> that's going to be going yeah. into that miniatures when they go out to people. You're literally looking at potentially a couple of kilograms per pledge now. You know, it's a huge campaign. And I think one of the things that we have to be more conscious of is the kind of the environmental footprint. And I think that you'll find that more companies will go to standees. And for a lot of campaigns, that's going to help with the costs. I mean, that is going to bring down a tooling cost down to a, a, kind, of a, a kind of a smaller level me getting off my high horse and my soapbox but um in terms of the the pricing i'm conscious of the of the time but in terms of the pricing of the the game of you 
come up with a final figure for kind of like pledge levels for yep. adventure adventure tactics. Yep. So the base game is seventy five dollars. Right. Okay. To get that with the the hero pack, which is three additional characters and a mini for the main boss, and possibly more to come for both of these. Um, it's going to be ninety dollars for the game with the three the three new classes and the mini. And then if you want painted minis, which we have limited offerings for those, um, we're doing painted heroes. We have a, a painter we're hiring to paint them all. Um, that would be one hundred and forty dollars. I saw the painted minis in them. Looks really nice. Oh yeah, the guy's the guy's amazing. He even does like I'm artificial turf. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm drooling. I don't know if they were yeah. if they were made of candy. I, was but, uh, like, I, I saw his setup at home. He has like the jeweler's lens too. Like he has oh. that is that big like uh, monocle that <laughs> like jeweler's lens, so he can get the really fine detailing in. That'll be really really kind of awesome. Um, how's it been in terms of building up kind of interest and in marketing on it? I mean, you mentioned you guys have been kind of like doing podcasts and shows and stuff like that. Do you feel like the kind of do you feel like kind of like you know Chris Hemsworth, kind of Hugh Jackman, doing kind of like the Marvel kind of tour around the studios kind of thing, just try to get the noise out? Yeah, I mean we've been demoing this at a lot of places. You know, I was demoing it at Origins. We demoed mm-hmm. it at Tabletop Day, and everyone is. I mean, the game, the art on the game, we luck we lucked out that we connected with great artists. A lot of the the features of what's in this game and the arts, the game sells itself in that. Like people see it and they're drawn in. Um, so for like something like Tabletop Day, we did our local FLGS, and it's a big store, and they have a couple hundred people come every year to it. And Nick and I were running two separate demos all day, and we had people were turning away just because yeah. it was there so wasn't enough people, space. Yeah, there wasn't enough space. So many people wanted to try it out, and we were doing five person sessions, right? So we were running ten yeah. people at a time, and I mean, it was still was you know it was just it was great, and then we got a great response. Everyone who's been playing it has been loving it. Um, there's a lot of cool features within it, and so it's um, it's been getting a great response. So yeah, so like you said, we've been doing the tours. We've been getting people, yeah, you know, in person, digitally. We've been putting you know the art out there. We've been doing contests, getting people to sign up for our, you know, the, my newsletter and whatnot. And and it's just the response has been fantastic for this game. I must admit, I was I was pretty annoyed because I did take a flight all the way over to the US to play the game, and I wasn't able to get a shot. So I was pretty dis. I'm only joking. I'm ah, <laughs> you go to Origins, and I we didn't meet up. That would have been hard. No, no, I would have definitely if that if I was if I'd been at Origins, I'd be I wearing a plaque. If the campaign does well enough, we're going to be at Gen Con. So let us know if you're going to be at Gen Con. Or packs unplugged. I've no money. Yeah, I'm in Scotland. We yeah, it's tough. <laughs> International play is tough. It's tough. It's tough. It's tough. Um, as I say, I'm conscious of the time and other factors. But if people want to keep an eye on the campaign, what's happening? How? Where do you guys exist on the internet webs? Um, so if they want to see the campaign, it's right now it's at www.tinyurl.com slash adventure tactics okay and that takes them right to the campaign preview page so if they want to directly see all the information where everything we're getting we're compiling on that page so questions mm-hmm. they would have there's links to the rule book links to the campaign guide or half of it we don't want to spoil anything because there's a lot of <laughs> yeah. cool story elements we don't want to spoil but um there's a lot of information there how to play videos are coming um so that will be filled up really soon um 
but then if they want to find me online, it's www.letemangames.com. So L-E-T-I-M-A-N games.com. Also at Letterman Games for Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. And Nick's also online, so he can tell you where he is too. Nick. Yep. Uh, ZucchiniPeopleGames.com is where you find my, my original stuff uh, before Adventure Tactics. And I picked a really unwieldy Twitter handle. It's uh, at Y-U-T-I-N-G-X-I-A-N-G. But the easiest way to find me is just follow Dan and find me when I'm commenting on his stuff. <laughs> so. I tag him for every tactics thing I yeah. post. So yeah. And I, I reply to probably half of Dan's tweets too. So yeah. okay, that's the easiest way to find me is through Dan. <laughs> oh, and if you go to the campaign page, I actually put his Twitter handle under his picture there as well. Oh, okay. So Great. <laughs> so what, what we're saying is go to the campaign, back the game, follow the link for the Twitter handle. Basically. And then find it. Yes. <laughs> yeah, oh, and also, he's on my my on lettermangames.com. I have a contact page with a lot of people uh, working with us, and he's on there with his Twitter handle and a link. You can just click it, and it takes you right to it. So yeah, we and we just started up a Facebook group uh, under Dan's under Letterman Games page for Adventure Tactics. Yeah, so. it's uh, that, Letterman Adventure Tactics Domains Tower Fans Group. So. Cool. I'll make sure that we take all these links and put them in the show notes. So that we have notes to show. That would be great. Yes, send you everything you need. Fantastic. Um, thank you very much for this rather um, sporadic <laughs> conversation. Uh, thank you so much, and you no. know, anyway, we can make this work. We're happy to. Yeah. Excellent. Sure. Excellent. Um, if you want to keep an eye on what we're up to, go to the internet web, search for "We Are Not Wizards." You will find us in various different places. Um, but I want to thank uh, thank these two fine gentlemen for coming on the show. There's only um, a couple more things to do. The first thing is to remember that we're many things, but we're not wizards. Are we wizards, Nick? No, but you can be a wizard in Adventure Tactics. Don't start. <laughs> um, <laughs> are we? Are you a wizard, Dan? Unfortunately, no. But he's a huge, he's like the biggest Harry Potter fan I know, though. I don't want <laughs> to have wizards on the show. That's not the point of the show. And the, the second thing is to say goodbye. So it is a goodbye from the rather fantastic, the rather wonderful Mr. Dan Lettering. Say goodbye, Dan. Thank you so much for having me. Have a great night. Goodbye. And it's a goodbye from he's full of tactics, he's full of adventure, he's full of wonder. I heard he's got a fantastic singing voice as well. It is the one and only Mr. Nick You <laughs> Say <laughs> goodbye, Nick. Us. Goodbye. <laughs> no actual wizards here. <laughs> and it's a goodbye from me. Remember, stay safe, roll sixes, make something awful, and check this out. Just check it out, Adventure Tactics. Be all over it like a rash. Not the type of rash you have to go to the doctor because it's serious, but the type of rash that keeps reminding you to check Adventure Tactics out on Kickstarter. But until the next time, goodbye. A wizard is never late.
Nor is he early. He arrives precisely when he means to. 